All right, we're back with another episode. So I'll get started with a little bit of history. Uh, not much today, but um, here it goes. On this day in 1993, RuPaul uh, released his first album, his debut album, which was a surprise to me. I know RuPaul's been around for a while, but you know that's almost 30 years now. That's uh, like wow. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing the song. Well, one of the songs, but right, yeah. So yeah. Um, and then second, actress and you know known stage stage actress Audra McDonald won a Tony on this day for her um, portrayal of Billy Day in Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill. And um, I put that because you know a lot of people know Audra McDonald, but she's like at the top of her game. She's one of the best actresses ever. And I, and I, I just imagine if she weren't so stage focused, it'd be different. Yeah, cause she has, I think she's one of the most winningest women in Tony history, if I'm not mistaken. It, yeah, I swear she keeps winning, so. <laughs> yeah, she's extremely talented. Yeah, so. Brandon likes film. Lauren prefers TV. Together, they chronicle life in a peak entertainment era. Welcome to It's a Streamable Life. All right. If you're hearing this, then we thank you for pressing play on another edition of It's a Streamable Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. Today, we'll dissect the series finale of X's Pose. I will discuss the series as a whole and its impact on representation of the trans and LGBTQ plus community on screen. First, we'll update on the latest news in our headline segment. Uh, First up in headlines, um, ever since uh, we heard about the cancellation of Kim's Convenience, the Canadian show, I've waited for it to appear on Netflix. And now that it's here, I'm kind of not interested anymore um just because all the fallout oh yeah out about the behind the scenes drama um just this past week um actress Jean Yu explained how her recording the series became painful um because of um the lack of representation of Asian and Korean writers in the writer's room um she also explained how they got the script ahead of time for season five, and there were multiple uh, problematic stereotypes in the script um, mm. that they couldn't change at the time, I think because of COVID. So oh, okay. it, it seems like as much as we enjoyed the series, the behind the scenes stuff was very tumultuous. Um, the creator of the show, the actors were informed that he was a showrunner. He didn't become a showrunner until season five. Uh, yeah, white showrunner, all white producers, no Asian representation in the writer's room, um, and just just a lot of other stuff that seemed a bit that they didn't deserve. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the cancellation wasn't because of bad ratings; it was just because they, they don't really know. Um, huh. So, so I, I don't know if I'm going to watch the season or not because it just feels. Yeah feels icky all of a sudden. It's kind of bizarre. Yeah, yeah. 
And at one point they had better ratings than um, Schitt's Creek. Like it was a bigger hit. Wow. Yet they were being paid far less um, for their roles on, on their show. So kind of kind of same script, different casts as far as right. Hollywood's concerned. So I'm sure we'll hear more about it in the coming weeks. Um, some better news, though, FX has announced release dates for a lot of anticipated series for the summer and early fall. Um, we got release dates for all of Ryan Murphy's shows. <laughs> um, right. July 15th, we'll get his new anthology series, American Horror Stories, which each episode will be a different horror story. Okay. Um, and then his American Horror Story double feature, the next season of that series will premiere august 25th we still don't know anything much about the story but i'm sure he'll be leaving hints as the weeks go goes on yeah yeah and then finally we have september 7th for the third season of american crime story and this is subtitled impeachment um it will go um explore the lauded uh bill clinton michael Lindsay scandal uh, oh wow of the 90s yes that's uh, gonna bring in a lot of views <laughs> yeah, definitely definitely um because i think it's going to focus on sort of the women of that uh yeah. paula jones lewinsky and linda tripp so we'll get their perspective from from the proceedings of that event uh september 13th we'll finally get why the last man this has been the long gestating uh series based on dc comic where um a post-apocalyptic world has sort of decimated every male with a wide chromosome except for one cisgender man and his pet monkey and the rest of the population is just basically women so that should be interesting yeah uh september 2nd we get the third season of what we do in the shadows have you ever watched that yeah this show is absolutely hilarious yeah, I need to get it, get that on my list. Oh man, it's I don't know how to explain the humor of it, but it's it's just silly, but it's funny. <laughs> um, August 25th, we get the 12th season of Archer. And um the late Jessica Walter was able to do uh the voice acting for this as Mallory Archer. So oh wow, that's the cool. season of that series. And then a new show is um Reservation Dogs. Um, this is coming from Sterling Hardro and Taki Watiti, a half-hour comedy that sort of explores uh, four indigenous teenagers as they sort of cope with one of their friend's deaths on the reservation. So getting a little bit more representation of um, indigenous populations on the television screen. So that should be interesting. Okay. And finally, um, we lost a acting legend over the weekend, uh, Clarence Williams III passed away um i think our parents would know him from the mod squad yeah 70s show but we are more familiar with him from the tales of the hood uh yeah. film of the 90s and he was in half-baked um just a very present uh actor in a lot of different films and and roles so he was 81 um and died of colon cancer so uh -huh. RIP to clarence williams what was crazy about him is I didn't recognize his name. And then once I saw a picture of him the other day, I was like, oh, wow. You know, like, yeah. I immediately recognized his face. So. Yeah, he's in a lot of, lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot. 
All right. Well, uh, to follow that, I have random news, but Rob Zombie, um, the he's a director and metal uh, rock metal rock artist, whatever. <laughs> uh, a couple of days ago, he confirmed that he is going to resurrect the monsters. The uh, 1964 sitcom where there's a, a family of monsters is actually, I've seen some of it. I've seen a couple of episodes. It's kind of exactly what you expect for that time. It's very hokey. Just the characters were monsters. But anyways, um, he's going to, he's bringing that back. And there's not been much more detail other than the fact that it is coming back. And uh, it's coming from Universal Studios. So instead of getting a theatrical release, it's probably just going to end up on Peacock. But um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what to think. That just that 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 whole sentence was just so strange. Like Rob Zombie resurrects the monsters. It's like okay, whatever. Right. But yeah, right. So there's that. Um, secondly, uh, I think it's been a few weeks now that um, actress Ellie Kemper was kind of in the spotlight for her involvement in a um, a debutante ball that had, you know, racist and very strange. Uh, background to it and she came out and and finally gave an apology and uh, it was it was actually a, a legit apology sometimes with these people come out with apologies they just kind of push it aside and everything and um and like the i think the one line that kind of uh did it for her says she said there's a very natural temptation when we become the subject of internet criticism to tell yourself that your detractors are getting it all wrong but at some point last week i realized that a lot of the forces behind the criticism are forces that i've spent my life supporting and agreeing with and um you know she's not running from it, it it's it's strange because she was 19 which is still young and still right old enough to know things and that's kind of what she said is that you know she was still old enough to have done research on everything, but I don't know. I guess it's good. It, she apologizes. It's, it's it's for the best. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like at nineteen, she she probably didn't really know what it was about. It was just right what she did in St. Louis at that time. So right, right. It's it's more like we should be asking her parents to apologize. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, and then finally. Um, I think people have kind of been waiting for this. There's finally a film directly um, addressing the 2017 Weinstein, uh, Jeffrey Weinstein. I put them together. Good Lord. Uh, Oh, God. What's his name? Harvey. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Reckoning, dealing with sexual assault, um, his rape cases and and all that. And um, it's it's got a. It's it's more it's based on the reporters and how they gather the information and and that so it should be interesting but it stars Zoe Kazan, um, who we know from oh Jesus Christ the show on HBO about the Jewish family oh Succession no 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 oh no whoops the the one um, the plot against America oh okay okay gotcha gotcha, gotcha. yeah yeah oh um, yeah so she's gonna be I'm not exactly sure who she's playing but um then uh she's playing alongside carrie mulligan so that's that's gonna be flames yeah exactly that's pretty strong uh just those two right there so um i'm not really sure if there's any date set and it it seems like it's just getting started so right um and but it looks like it's going to kind of go through everything uh 
I don't know, just the, how it broke down and all that and how they got information and maybe even eventually the outcome. And I think the only other film that's kind of touched on it is the film I talked about a f- like a few months ago, The Assistant with Julia Garner, which was yeah. about it, but, you know, kind of really didn't use his name. So this should be interesting. And I think this is what people have kind of been waiting for. Like we, we knew this was inevitable that they were going to try to Mm-hmm. turn this into films and the television so here it is yeah it will probably be very much like the spotlights and yeah yeah other series about investigative reporting yeah I guess. all right yeah I, I fully expect it to be up for awards just because of what it's hitting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely and speaking of movies uh we have another box office report here. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, took the top spot over A Quiet Place this weekend. Mm. Um, and people are, are glad to sort of be back at the movies. So right, good, good for them. Um, speaking of movies, we got a few trailers here. Um, the trailer I saw was for the documentary entitled Ailey. And this is a doc focused on um, the late Alvin Ailey, uh, the founder of the African American dance company, the prestigious yeah. Alvin Ailey dance company, um, just sort of like tracked his career um, and his impact uh, at that time, what he was doing through dance, how his dance and um, choreography was such a different form of protest at the time. Right, right. And other than the name, of the company, I really don't know much about, you know, his life or his career. Right, uh, right. Just that it's one of the prestigious companies in in the country, and and people dream of joining that. So I'll definitely be looking at that. It'll be in theaters July twenty third. Um, the one I I saw and I, I it came out last week, and um, I thought I put about. I thought I'd put it on here today because this is on the day that he uh, passed away. But Roadrunner is a documentary film that, let me get this right. I think it's Anthony Bourdain's assistant or someone close to him has been working on for some time. And um, it's finally finished. And then and now I think it's planning to come out um, this year. But it just kind of tracks, you know, who he was as a person and, um everything he got up into and I'm not sure how much it gets into like his final days or whatever but um I don't know it should be interesting I think you see these people on tv all the time and you feel like you know so much but um you know to see them kind of behind the scenes would be interesting so yeah yeah we'll get to our next segment streams of the week uh, just detail, detailing some of the um, shows and films we've been watching in between the other shows and films right. we are watching. Um, I see you caught uh, the film of the weekend. So uh, tell us a little bit of this next installment in the Conjuring franchise. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't even know where to start. Um, so at this time, I, I don't know what happened beforehand, but anyways, the main case here is that there is a guy named Arnie and he is possessed by a demon and this demon um, makes him kill a friend. Like he stabs him. He starts freaking out. He starts envisioning this guy 
um, I think kind of flirting with his wife and he ends up stabbing him. And so that kicks the case off. And um, th that's really where it starts. And there's a little boy that's involved and somebody put a curse on this family. And it it's, it's weird. It turns out there's like a demonic cult that's doing all this. It's, it's so hard to explain. You need to see it. But as confusing as these movies can be and just kind of like jump scarish as they are, Mm -hmm. There's something about the um, just like the chemistry of Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson. They work really well together. Like um, if you're not even into the story that's being told, you know, they're the highlight of the movie is usually them, you know, just their how they talk to one another, how they act off one another. Um, but I can, I can understand how it made so much money. I think it's, I don't think anybody goes into these movies expecting to be like psychologically traumatized at the end, but they're, they're kind of fun horror movies. You know, what's coming, you can feel it. And, uh, and yeah, it just kind of makes it fun. So, yeah. Okay. And this is probably like based on like true events. or Yeah. Yeah. This is, they were involved in this actual case where this man, like I said, they tried to get him, out of trouble by saying by using the fact that he was possessed by demons their whole thing was well you know in court they say all the time it was an act of god and i said no i think it's time to acknowledge the fact that you know demons exist and um they were unsuccessful oh. uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah so mm. that's the yeah interesting concept you know uh what's the term like life is stranger than fiction most of the time right 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 yeah all right well i didn't really do much of watching of anything this weekend i just right. i don't know um i did see where co-case is on hbo max and oh. um i i remember watching episodes here and there with the family just because it was always on syndication with yeah. um but i think uh me and my sister are going to go back and just sort of like watch each episode. Cause this is, I mean, this debuted in 2003. So yeah. oh, wow. it's like a totally different world. Justin Chambers is in this before Gray's like, so it's, it's another, it's literally like another lifetime watching this right, show, right, right. everything, but it still holds up pretty well so far. So I'm going to be getting into that. And then I've been watching the NBA playoffs. I haven't watched basketball all year. And then yeah. <laughs> I have tuned in um, to pretty much each game so far. I'm really surprised that neither the Lakers nor the Warriors are in there. But right. you know, times have changed. There's a new regime of young players out there doing their things. Yeah. It's exciting to see uh, who's gotten that. So yeah, no, no, they've they've been really good. I tried to at least catch a game, at least. But um, yeah, the yeah. Nets last night whooped Milwaukee. Yeah, like, they did. I'm not expecting that. So. And then the I think the surprise team for most people has to be maybe not, but the Hawks. Like I, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't expect them to kind of be going off the way they are right right um because they kind of struggled the very uh, a year or so ago it seemed like trey was yeah. really holding them up but they look pretty strong right right so we'll see what they do i know they, they play tonight and uh i'm sure the 76ers will have a different game plan so we'll see yeah hopefully because right <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Uh, when we come right back from this break, we'll get into, well, sort of semi-NOT type thing. Just discuss what we may watch next before right. we get into our feature presentation. Welcome back. Um, there is no NOT this week, but we're going to sort of just run through some few shows that are coming up that we may want to start discussing. Um, I just had a few suggestions. I know that um, Generation comes back the 17th. Oh, okay. That could be a possibility, of course. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Max. We also have Evil returning. Yeah. Paramount Plus and I believe they'll drop all the episodes at once. Hopefully, I don't know. Just seeing, just seeing the scheduling, we could discuss like two or right. three times at one. And uh, June twenty second, we get David makes Man back on OWN. So oh, that yeah. could discuss possibly. Okay, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I didn't have too many. I don't know. Do you have Peacock? Yeah, I don't use it often, but they've I'm, I've seen a lot of shows that I think I would like on there. Yeah, I say that because oh my god, why do why does my brain always do this? I literally just <sighs> I just like keep having brain farts of what I um describe. It's the it's the it's the brand new show about the teenage girls in the band. It's okay. already started. We are lady parts. Yes, thank you. We are lady parts. It was right there. But yeah, that's on Peacock. And um, I think you can just watch all those. So that's maybe that's something we could check okay. out. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, excuse me. I was into an interview with a showrunner on there and it sounds really interesting. Yeah, I, I've only seen good things about it. It kind of looks like it's, you know, could be lighthearted fun. And I think the big thing is that um, it just has, you know, these young girls or young women from different ethnic backgrounds, which is kind of cool, doing something that you don't see them usually do, which is right. playing in a kind of a punk band. Um, let's see, I know you talked about it and I would have to catch up, but there's Dave that starts the 16th, so I'd have to rush, but. Yeah. Um, uh, what else did I have? I'll probably watch iCarly on my own, but. <laughs> <laughs> just to I see what that's another week type thing right 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 but other than that no i i think you probably hit the ones that would probably be the best especially david, david makes man we it's been a while since we had that so yeah yeah and i'm really interested in now how they've done this time jump thing yeah it yeah. should be interesting yeah so just stay tuned. We'll we'll have something to discuss, and right. you've got a, a heads up. Maybe you can watch along and tune into the discussion with us. Absolutely. All right. So our feature presentation is the series finale of FX's Pose, which was entitled "Series Finale." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just just to start off, what were your initial thoughts of the two-hour finale? Uh, I didn't initially know that it was two hours. That was I the first thing. Yeah, I was like, oh, goodness. But um, I thought I thought it was decent. I think it, it tied up everything it needed to do. I always love it when shows do a, uh, 
a time jump and show you like you know where these characters are i thought that and the second part was was fun and um kind of entertaining but yeah it did it did a good job of showing the characters that we had known what was going on in their personal life and what was happening in the world at that time as well with you know with aids so i don't know it was it was good it was decent yeah i have to agree um it it was decent um i didn't really get like webbed up until like 10 minutes near the end of the first episode and two right right so because i because i because like you i didn't know it was two hours so i was like what's happening like, right like, <laughs> i was a little thrown off oh um but um yeah it started to pick up um there was definitely the emotional stakes there um and i think the biggest thing for me was just realizing um that you know something that stuff with act up and those protests did happen in real life and just right just the reality that the country really ignored this epidemic in a community right. throughout throughout the country with its citizens just because of someone's sexual orientation and, mm. and yeah, i think at one point during the episode is referred to as a plague which you could call it yeah 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 because they i mean they couldn't it took them forever to you know identify and diagnose and then once they did know all the rumors and myths of how you could get it or how you could and who it affected and whatnot just rooted in in ignorance really right absolutely and up to this point you know 33 going 34 only real knowledge about hiv was the ryan white story we got in school that's right it. yeah and that's the only because he was from indiana <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's very true that is that, so true that was like the length of the education so I would think by now it's improved, but I doubt it. Hopefully. So we'll get into the episode. Um, so the first episode just sort of touches on um, retail symptoms, you know, harsh, harshening. Um, he's got pneumonia, he's in the hospital. He's you know, not optimistic. And Blanca hears about these clinical trials for new medicine. Um, she sees them working for one for white patients, and she discovers that this medicine was being withheld from black and brown HIV patients. So yeah. her fiance, the doctor, they you know advocate for Praytel and Blanca to receive these what they call cocktail medicines, and yeah. they, you know immediate results. Um, and you know they think you know this is a good thing, um, but then you know, the trial sort of ends or they don't, they refuse to pick up any more patients. Right. Basically, especially black and brown. Um, and then it's revealed that, you know, Ricky's symptoms have progressed as well. He's seeing lesions and whatnot. So um, Protel decides to share his meds with him, which is, you know, against, probably against the trial's rules, but their community was in need of these meds and it yeah. um Blanca to join with ACT UP and sort of advocate for all of the patients and and make noise about the neglect that uh, the government was imposing on these these individuals. Um, 
and they just pick, you know, how this group would pour, you know, the cremated ashes of their loved ones and friends on the White, White House lawn. And, and, you know, I had to check you know, on Twitter, did this really happen? They were like, yeah, that was, that was an actual protest, so. I mean, that's, that is, a radical act like that but i mean it just shows you the seriousness of it that's crazy yeah yeah extremely radical um and as the series goes on you see prey sort of improve he's you know has a zest for life yeah. uh, him and blanca sort of do a last hurrah performance at um the ballroom you know there's the new next generation of house evangelista with ricky as their father um and they do this dual duet performance to Diana Ross's In the Mount High Enough. And uh, Blanca is rewarded with uh, a legendary mother status. And Electra bestows that award on her. And then this is when, you know, sort of reality starts to hit. I think we were all expecting it. We just didn't know when it was coming. Right. Um, Praytel says his goodbyes and there's a little you know, subtle hints to like him knowing this is like the last time he's going to see these people. Um, right. We see him go home and, you know, he's taking off his, his makeup and getting ready for bed. And the next morning, Ricky finds him gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, despite having the meds, um, the disease won and they're saying he basically had a heart attack from information around around his yeah. so he died in his sleep um and from there you know they follow his wishes with you know uh the previous episodes when he went home he described how he's going to be cremated and his ashes split up in these heart lockets given to each you know family and loved one which you know blanca does um and blanca meets his mother um and it's at that scene where they're getting the lockets, they're having a dinner, that it's revealed that, excuse me, Prey wasn't sharing the medicine with Ricky. He just gave him his meds. So um, it was sort of like this sacrifice Prey right, decided to take to, to help Ricky. Because I think Prey already knew his days were numbered. Right. And, and he, he didn't want to waste those meds just on him especially when when the when the hospital wasn't allowing these people to to get to the medicine like there was no other right right so um and i saw some somewhere online um just catching different notes and stuff people post that um that hospital st vincent is now i believe a set of apartments like the hospital closed down and it's no longer oh wow yeah so gentrification yeah, that's crazy. At its best. Um, so Prey passes away. They um, do his wishes. Um, and then we fast forward. By the end of the episode, we're in 1998. Yeah. Yeah, by the end of the second episode? Yes, we're in 1998. Yeah. And everyone's sort of living their lives, popping mm -hmm. or do, being great parents to little Poppy. Um, Electra's business is booming. Mm -hmm. Lulu is now, you know, an accountant, like yeah, yeah. taxes, and Blanca is a nurse, like she got her nursing degree. 
Uh, I really love like that sort of um, meetup they did, them discussing, you know, sex in the city and, <laughs> right, right. and how, you know, they don't need to dictate how they live their life by these white women on screen and just, I'm glad to see they got, you know, a happy ending right. in it all. Um, and we see, you know, um, Blanca sort of set up the next generation of Evangelista and, yeah. and um, we see her give that speech to yeah to the the house that lost and it's basically the same speech that uh pray tell gave evangelista that first episode right and um it was it was i was i was happy to see see it in that way i know we didn't get what we all wanted um so many things just prevented them from yeah making the show kind of what we wanted it to be yeah 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 covid and just right we i think we just were robbed of like a proper season because this i think we could have gotten at least three more seasons out of out of this story but yeah but it is what it is and that was the the end of of pose um so any thoughts on on the final season as a whole I think, like like we said, as as we've watched it, it's just there were parts of it that felt rushed, but we know why. Um, but I don't know. I I think the one thing that was nice that I really liked was that um, was was Blanca's story with her, uh, with her boyfriend, and because man, we get that we get that a we don't get very many trans storylines, and when they do. They always pull the rug out from under us and something right. bad happens. Right. And, you know, here's this guy who really respected and cherished her. And um, it stayed that way. There was no like aha moment, like gotcha. It was just, it was genuine. So I liked that. And I like that it continued on um, until, you know, we see their, their final scene for the final time. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It was it wasn't perfect, but it was a good close. So I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah, I I agree. Um, wasn't what we would have wished for, but I think it was a good send off to these characters and their storylines. Um, right. And all in all, the series is groundbreaking. Um, right. Absolutely. Just for rep- representation wise, mm-hmm. uh, we've never seen um, trans women be this fleshed out on screen before right right um and especially trans women of color you know we had transparent on hulu right. and films and whatnot but black and brown trans women have not been able to have the same um agency on screen i think that right, will, right. that will be part of pose's legacy um just being the first to sort of knock on that door and hopefully we see these actresses pop up in just regular roles being you know full human beings you know right. just doing whatever whatever humans do you know just not in in the middle of plight based on their sexuality yes. or sexual identity but just just life right. and i think what's crazy is that you know obviously the the country and the the world as 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 a whole is kind of in this in the midst of um 
a battle for like trans rights. But but one thing about this show is even four years ago when it started, there was kind of like a not a there's like an uneasiness, kind of like how is this gonna work? Will it last? Will it make it? And now, you know, poses you can almost say it's just kind of like it's it's just a normal show. You know what I mean? It's almost a household name. I, you, yeah. I feel like you can say that. I don't think it's a a niche show. It's not something on the on the out of bounds. It's 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 there with the rest of them. So it's it's, it's interesting. We've come a far away, but I've come a long way, but but not yeah, no. we're not as far along as we need to be. Because <laughs> I can remember that first season, like no one knew if it was gonna be renewed. Exactly. Yeah. The final episode was like felt like a series finale <laughs> right it's like is this it is this all we get right and then that second season it was like yes um we we have we have a show so yeah and hopefully this time around uh mj rodriguez and hopefully um dominic jackson are nominated at the yeah end. They, they deserve to be they totally deserve blanca's character was the glue yeah all these characters um Rodriguez is a wonderful actress um and uh, I think the character of Electra was just so was a fan favorite just right right um and you definitely see the growth in Jackson's acting from the first season to this season it, it was really really great to right. see. and yeah. we, I'll oh, go, go ahead, ahead. No, you I, was go saying, ahead. I was just saying we're seeing you know more roles open up um for the actors in this in this um series, you know, Jackson was on um American Gods. Uh Rodriguez is gonna be in the show on Apple Apple TV Plus. Um Angel Angelica Ross has been in American Horror Story and is working yeah. with Ryan Murphy. The same with uh Ricky Dylan uh Burnside, he's gonna be in American Horror Stories. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what they do next. Yeah, same here. I think I think the show has launched a lot of careers. So definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. So what will you be streaming for the weekend? All right. Uh well I was going through HBO Max and uh uh this show came out a few months ago. I think it came out the end of last year, if I'm not mistaken. But it's the flight attendant with Kaylee Cuoco. I hope I said her last name right. And um, in it, she's a flight attendant who kind of wakes up in a hotel room is what I'm getting. And then um, there's a dead guy and then she's got to figure out like what the hell happened. So um, I've only heard good things about it. So I'm going to check that out. Seems like it could be entertaining. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really good. I've yeah. really enjoyed it. I've never watched, well... I won't say never, but I wasn't a fan of Big Bang Theory. Right, right. So, um, but Haley does a great job. But Kaylee, mm-hmm. she does a great job. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try again and watch Motherland Fort Salem before oh. the season two premiere. I'm pretty sure it's all in free form. Um, and then hopefully I'll be seeing in the heights this weekend sometimes, oh. maybe Friday. Oh, well, yeah. Friday or Saturday, I don't know. Whenever my theater is open, but yeah, hope, hoping to see that in theaters. I can, I feel like that's going to be one of those movies where it's like you and a whole bunch of theater kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've heard nothing but 
but great things about it, which is which is good. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad it's it's getting good press. Yes, exactly. Thank you for listening to It's a Stream of Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe, share, or review on your platform of choice. And if you want more, follow on social at AS Life Podcast and visit our website, streamofalife.wordpress.com. Uh, we may have an episode next week and we may not, just depends on what we decide, but uh, we will be discussing some show <laughs> very soon. So. <laughs> Until next time, keep on streaming. Peace. Thank you for listening to another edition of It's a Streamable Life. If you like what you hear, rate, review, subscribe, and share our podcast on Apple Podcasts and all other major platforms. And for more content, follow us on our socials at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at AS Life Podcast.